Hi, Jens here. Are you interested in innovation? This might be something for you too. Every Friday, I share the latest innovation articles, ideas, videos, books, podcasts, and more that I discovered during the week in my newsletter, Connect the Dots. If you subscribe, you will receive an email into your inbox every Friday. You can't find the newsletter anywhere else, so you have to subscribe if you want to receive it. Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, innovators, and welcome to another episode of the Jens Heitland Show, where I connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship with my guests. Today's guest is an award-winning life and executive coach. He's business strategist and motivational speaker. A new addition to this impressive list is being an author. Simon will publish his first book called Energize, Find Your Spark, Achieve More and Live Better. This April, we explore his story, one of the most difficult parts of his life, and how all of this story helped him to be who he is today. And of course, we dive deep into the book about who should read it and what value you will get out of it. Please welcome to the show, Simon Alexander Ong. Hello, Simon. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hello, Jens. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much. And yourself? Also good in sunny Spain, as usual, the last couple of recordings, at least. Yeah, can't complain. <laughs> you need to send some of that sun over to us here in London. Yeah, I will do. I will do after after the recording. <laughs> awesome. So I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. And I've I have so many questions. And But before we go into the questions, and of course, uh, your book, Innovation as a Totality, Mindset, and so on. Let's talk a little bit about yourself. So who are you? What is your story? How did you get to where you are today? Sure. So I was born here in the United Kingdom, about two hours outside of the city. My mm. parents are Malaysian Chinese. Uh, so I was born into that culture, but grew up here in the United Kingdom in which I learned English. So I was instilled into the British culture. I was only one of maybe six or eight Chinese students, not just in my year, but the entire school uh, when mm. I was a young student in the uh, 80s. And so I grew up uh, in this sort of very high academic Chinese household in which I believed that success was defined by my job title. So mm. I worked hard. I got into a good university. I studied at the London School of Economics. I got a degree in economics and I started in the world of banking. After all, I believed that success was become a banker, become a lawyer, become a doctor, become an accountant. And so I was quite happy with myself when I landed the job of becoming a banker in the financial industry. Now, unfortunately, my timing was a little off because this was in the year 2007, a year before the global financial crisis and with a company called Lehman Brothers, which collapsed into administration 14 months after I joined the company. Now, even though, as you can imagine, it was a very painful experience at the time, in hindsight, it was probably one of the most beautiful blessings 
of my life. You know, if there's anything that I've learned, Jens, from many experiences like that, is that in our setbacks, our challenges, and our darkest moments, they equip us with the wisdom, the insight, and the skills to create the best moments of our life. And for me, what that did is it kick-started the longest journey that we as humans make, the inches from our heads to our hearts. Never an easy journey, but the most important and fulfilling that we will ever embark on. And so after that experience, I realized that as long as I worked for someone, I would not be in control of my destiny. There would always be someone deciding what bonus I would get, whether I would get a pay rise, whether I would get a promotion. Even the future of the company was very much out of my hands. And so I decided to explore the world of entrepreneurship. I got involved in two businesses, which didn't work out. But because of those experiences, they taught me lessons that I've been able to carry into the world of work I do today. And that is, and that is everything I do now is built to awaken people's imagination of what is truly possible so they can live a better story and make an impact in the world. And I do this through my work as a coach, a keynote speaker, and more recently, the author of a book called Energize that, we, that will be shortly released by Penguin in April 2022. Awesome. I would love to go deeper into 2007. <laughs> 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 so... If if we if we turn back the clock, how how what what was the most painful for you? Was it like get get getting getting um, out of the company and like not knowing where to go, or what was the most painful for you, or was it maybe um, kind of linking that to your history and story? Is like is it more about hey I should have this career path and it's like mm -hmm. linear and everything is going to this and that's the expectation I've built up for myself or the family. What was the most painful? Jens, I think for me what was the most painful was the expectation of what I imagined was going to happen with my career not manifesting, not turning out. You know, even just to arrive at getting a job in 2007 at what was at the time a very prestigious organization, mm. that itself was a journey because I failed a year at university. I failed my second year, which meant I had to repeat a year. And so a three-year degree became a four-year degree. And then I lost my mom. I lost my grandfather. And so just getting to 2007 with a job, was an incredible achievement for me at the time. And then to realize that actually I'm in an industry that is going to be the most volatile and unstable that it has been in such a long while, that was really painful. To sort of have all that expectation of the career journey, the career path, the ambition swept away from under my feet after having worked so hard to bounce back from what happened to 
having that contract in my hand of starting in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember a similar experience in, in my life a couple of years earlier to, to, to that where it, it was also the industry went down and kind of they, they, they mm. in Germany when I was living in Germany at that time, it's like the companies have like uh, the responsibility to build a list of the people mm. and then they need to rank them and then, then they, they <laughs> need to decide like whom, whom they can go or uh, let's say let go of first. Mm make redundant in in that way um and i was always like the youngest at that time and, and then it's kind of you're on the list definitely and then it's kind of you're mm. one of the early ones but it's for, for me it was also maybe similar to you is it was the feeling of it's like i'm completely in the hand of this owner mm. of that business i mean it was a very small business but i felt sure. like helpless completely helpless in a way of hey i spent in that company six years i gave everything to that company. It's like a lot mm. of time a lot of passion a lot of uh, blood and tears and then it's like in in one day they just say hey we don't need you anymore and for me this helplessness was the biggest driver and is still the biggest driver similar maybe to you mm. which is like hey i'm not dictated by anyone else i'm i'm deciding yeah. what i want to do and i i have it in my own hands Definitely. And, and you know, you know what, Jans, I mean, just listening to what you said just now and going back to what I said earlier about this experience being such a blessing in disguise, hmm. I think the, the reason was, was because for the first time in my life, I had the space to reflect on what this success mean to me hmm. and what sort of impact I wanted to have in the world. Because for so long, I was living up to other people's definition of success and I was measuring my progress against other people's definitions. And so being able to detach myself from that and to ask myself, what did that mean for me personally? Because we all have different definitions of success and happiness. Hmm. That for me was a real game changer because once I started to own those definitions, I was then able to build my life and career around those answers. Hmm. So if, if we dive deeper, what is happiness for you in, in your definition? For me, happiness is simply being at peace with who we are and living a life that is in alignment with us as individuals that plays to our strengths. Hmm. And I think no matter what outcomes or rewards we get, if the journey and the process isn't in alignment with ourselves, we're cheating ourselves. We're betraying our values. And that's why I think there's a big difference between success and fulfillment. You know, you can be successful in something you hate, but it won't bring you fulfillment. Fulfillment mm -hmm. and happiness comes from knowing yourself at a deep level. What is it that you want to do in life? What sort of story do you want to write? And being at peace with not being distracted by other people's opinions and views about what you are doing in your life. Because ultimately, you want to live a life true to yourself, not a life for others. Yeah. Do you, did you have at that time someone on the side who helped you through this period? Like a coach or someone? Yeah, so 
once I started to get into coaching to get qualified as a coach, I began to realize the power of that skill. And so I went out and, and I sought out coaches and mentors. But before I did, one of the individuals that has been a huge supporter and an influence on my journey has been my wife, uh, who was my girlfriend at the time. And she was very supportive in, I guess, not just the ups, but also the downs mm. and gave me the space to really explore those emotions that we all experience when we go through the emotions of life. And it taught me, Jens, that, you know, the greatest gift that we can give others is the space for feeling heard, supported, and appreciated. You know, if we took that and we brought it into communities and organizations, imagine how many of these places would flourish yeah. because people feel that there is a space for them. Yeah, I can't agree more. I, I, I just have a couple of examples in mind where like I was talking today in, in, in a business meeting about like personal confidence and, and how important it is to like live your dream. Mm. But what, what was visible in, in, in that meeting is like 99% of that people, or let's say mm. 80%, <laughs> they're, they're not confident in dreaming even, in dreaming mm. in, in, in being in a state where, where they don't, don't really just follow the red race just being mm. in the in in the cycle of every day being being busy using using this as a transition how 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 is it for you you mentioned that you you're kind of uh, building a connection between the brain and the heart how how did you do that in your story and then i would like to to link that to how do you help people in doing that sure sure well What I began to realize in my own journey, Jens, is that, and whether we call it the heart or intuition, wisdom, the universe, whatever name we want to call it, I think we're all referring to the same thing. I, I started to realize just how much wisdom there is in our heart and our, and our gut. But so often we block it out. We ignore it. We subdue the messages Uh, we are receiving from it and we let our brain take over. And so what I've learned through my own journey and, and the way I help people in the work I get to do is to spend more time listening to our heart because it may not always take you to where you want to be, but it will always take you to where you need to be. And that's an important distinction because every experience we go through in life serves a purpose, to teach us a lesson, to introduce us to someone, to open up an opportunity. But we have first got to listen to our heart. And then when the brain kicks in, it's more on the execution side. What is the plan? What is the strategy? That is when the brain kicks in. Now, I found the reason we don't listen to our heart is because we don't create the space to do so. What I've seen, and I think it's been a big trend, not just in the US, but across the world, is during the COVID pandemic, there's been this term that has come up in the media called the great resignation. And I think the reason why this has suddenly become so pronounced is because as many in the world have retreated inside their homes, 
suddenly they've got this time and space to listen to their heart, to go inside when they can't go outside. And it is why when people talk about mindfulness or meditation, there's a good reason why people talk on and emphasize it so much is because it is a very powerful experience. You learn just as I learn that silence is far from empty. Silence is full of answers if we are willing to listen to it. And that is why, going back to what I said earlier, that is why the longest journey is from our head to our heart. Because as we embark on it, we turn our heart into our spiritual guide or our spiritual advisor, if you will. And we begin to deepen that relationship we have with it. Yeah, love it. I think it's, and, and I, I work with companies and people in, in, in a similar way, maybe. Um, I think the, the hardest part for people is to realize, mm -hmm. like you and I have had situation which forced us from the outside in to do things differently. Mm -hmm. People, people who, are, who don't have, a, let's say, a negative experience or in the beginning, at least negative experience like that. It, it's hard to get started into this. What, mm. what are small tips and tricks you use to get people who are confident already, sure, but maybe not there yet in finding out what their heart wants and what it is truly to, to bridge the, the head and the heart? How do you help them? How, how do you go deeper with that? Definitely. Uh, for me, the focus uh, to help them understand when they haven't had many negative experience or sort of setbacks is to deepen their awareness because you cannot have self-development without first having self-awareness simply because you can't change what you're not aware of. And so the first area I focus on is just to deepen that level of awareness. And a great activity that we can all embrace immediately to deepen our awareness is the activity of journaling, of simply downloading what is in our mind onto paper, downloading our thoughts onto paper, Because what happens when we do so, we become more aware of the thoughts that we're having up here. And then we can start to organize them. We can start to have clarity on the best way forward. We can start to notice our patterns. But we can't do so unless we've downloaded that onto paper. And Jens, I, I often get asked, can I do this on an iPad or a smartphone or voice record? And I say, you can. But the impact is lessened if you do it that way. Because mm. when you take physical pen to paper and you write down your thoughts, you have to do so intentionally. You're doing so deliberately. You're being mindful about that practice. You're disconnecting yourself from the noise in order to just be with your thoughts. To enjoy the dance between thoughts being on paper the words that are coming out on that white space whereas when you use technology the downside is well you can easily be distracted by the notifications the tabs writing down on paper old school yes powerful definitely yeah agree i did this <laughs> so i i have experienced it myself i did Uh, I don't know if you know this, this how it's called, morning journals or something where mm. you, you, you write every morning like three pages. Um, 
And I did it first on the iPad, and then I was thinking, mm. like, yeah, it's it's okay, but it's not really bringing that much. And now I was reading somewhere in 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 the internet, like, hey, you should do this on paper. And then mm. I did this on paper for a week every morning. Yeah. Most huge difference, huge, mm. huge, huge difference. So I 100% agree. This this old school way of thinking, which is like, <laughs> hey, I'm using paper. It's it's super powerful. It helps. And Definitely. and just to show you, just to show show you how powerful it is. I remember in the early part of my journey, I had the opportunity to ask Richard Branson the question on a webinar event that mm. uh, that he was hosting for Virgin, and I asked him, "What is one habit that you would recommend for new entrepreneurs, people who are looking to grow their business and make an impact in the world?" And he said, as he took out a small notepad from his jacket, hmm. he said that he always carries a small notepad and pen in his pocket so that he can capture insights, ideas, and inspiration wherever he is. From a conversation with a stranger to a magazine he reads while waiting to board a plane to attending an event and inspiration strikes at that moment. When you've got a notepad and pen at hand, you can capture all of that thinking and review it at a later stage. Yeah, it's so important and, and so small, but so important and so powerful, mm. this mm. this practice. And it <laughs> in, in my experience, it takes sometimes a while to get into it because like depending on how you work and where you work in which environment you work, it's sometimes it's like, it's it's not easy to always have something like paper and pen around uh, mm. or a s small booklet. But if you just find different versions, like I have one in front of me, which is an A4 yeah. uh, uh, large version, because I just want to take all the different podcasts into notes as well mm. and just have them and look back. So I have now stacks of of books at home uh, or workbooks <laughs> at home where, where I, I just have all the documentary of my brain. And, mm. and what I thought during the conversation or just a couple of words. And it's super powerful when you do that. Mm. And I, I try to do that as well on a daily basis to just write a journal and think about what, what does that impact of my life. And just, just sometimes, mm. I'm, I, sometimes I'm never looking back. But it somehow helps me to clear my brain and my mind and then crystallizing like mm. some, sometimes it's just a word per day that I'm underlining. And that yeah. word sticks and helps me to do something different. And I think what you said there, Jens, about it, it clears your mind. Even if that's all that we get from the activity, that is a very important yeah. uh, place to launch your day from uh, or to go sleep with a clear, empty mind. Because the question I always put to the people I work with is this. Would you rather have a cluttered mind or cluttered books. I know which I would have. I would rather have a clear mind because it allows me the space to focus on what is most important. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's go into your book. Um, let's start with high level of what mm. the book is about, and then we dive deeper into different topics. And of course, I want to hear the story about the book. But let's let's start with what is the book about. Um, and and what what is in it for the people who are hopefully going to read it? <laughs> Thank you so much, Jens. Well, the book is called Energize, and at a high level, 
the book is teaching readers on how they can invest in their single greatest investment, which is their own energy. And here's why I think that is important, because many of us, whether you run a business or you work for someone, you will have your own personal visions of what you want to achieve in every area of your life, your career, your relationships, your health, uh, your finances, and so on. And then once you know your vision, you then go putting a plan together. What is my plan to change my health, to change my career, to change my life, to upgrade my relationships? However, once you have the plan, if you don't have the energy to execute that plan, it will always just remain a plan. It won't be put into action. And I learned this from personal experience, Jens. When I was in the financial industry, the hours were very long. You know, I would often be in six or seven in the morning before the markets opened up. And I could sometimes be in the office as late as 10 or 11, managing issues from our offices over in the United States. And so I had to, you know, being a junior in the team, I had to manage uh, some of those processes. And there was a stage in that journey in which I became totally burnt out. I became totally burnt out and it gave me an awakening of sorts, an awakening of realizing that as long as I would continue doing what I was doing, I would be sacrificing my physical and mental energy. And that in the long term would not be a price worth paying, would mm -hmm. not be a price worth paying. And so the first area I began to address was my physical energy. And this is where the idea for the book started to come together when I reflected on my journey. It was the physical energy of sufficient rest, nutrition, and exercise. I mean, simply put, you can have all the greatest hacks, strategies, and tips for productivity, but unless you have sufficient rest, None of those things matter. None of those things matter. And then from there, I worked on the mental energy, the emotional energy, and more important, the spiritual energy. Spiritual energy is simply, are you doing the things that make you feel alive? Because many of us are exhausted and tired, not because we're doing too much, but because we're doing too little of the things that make us happy. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, I will definitely read it <laughs> because <laughs> I, I agree on so many things about that. And I've experienced it myself. Just moving to Spain gave me a completely different physical state mm -hmm. and that affected everything else on top of that. So it's a, yeah, definitely. So how did you decide to write a book? So how do you, Tell us a little about the origin story of the book. Definitely. Well, so middle of 2019, Jens, I sat down as I do because August is a great month to sit down and review your year because many people are taking summer holidays, people are on breaks, and it tends to be a generally quieter month. And so I sat down and I started looking at all the things I wanted to do. Writing a book was on that list, but if I'm being honest, it wasn't top three, not even top five. It's one of those things that I said, I will do one day. One day I will get to write a book. 
And then a few months later, I got an email from a boutique publisher who wanted to explore writing a book together. Hmm. And that got me thinking, well, if there is interest to approach me in writing a book, maybe I should take that as a sign from the universe that I am ready to put myself out there. And once I got that feedback from this boutique publisher, I spoke to my wife and she said to me, Simon, well, if you are going to write a book, why not try and write it with some of the biggest publishers in the world? The Penguins, the HarperCollins, the Simon and Schusters. And so I said, yes, why not? What have I got to lose? And so I started to send emails and messages out to all of these publishing houses. And then crickets, nothing happened. For mm. three months, I had no response. And then in 2020, early 2020, I looked at my inbox and there was an email from Penguin. And he said, Simon, would you like to come to our offices next week to have a conversation about writing a book? So Jens, that was the beginning of how the book started. And then a number of months later, just a few weeks after my wife and I became parents for the first time, as the world went into lockdown, I then signed the book deal with Penguin. Awesome. And then the last year, year and a half, has been me writing that book. And now I'm in a position to share that with the world, which I'm so, so excited about. Yeah. Yeah, con congrats to the child. I, I know how that is. <laughs> <laughs> Our daughter is four years old, so it's still vivid in my mind when she was born. <laughs> so from from a process, because I, I see you kind of like a, a very organized, and, and that's from the outside, a very organized and passionate person that is kind of getting things done. How, how did you approach this process? book project as as mm. an exercise for you that as well fulfills your energy needs sure well i'm going to share first the scenario i imagined and then the reality of what actually happened because i think it's quite useful for uh <laughs> listeners just to have a bit of an insight into that so before i got the book deal before i started writing i'd always imagined that if i were to ever write a book one day i would be sitting in my office with a nice view of the outside world and uh, a cup of tea or coffee in my next to the, my laptop. And I would spend a few hours each day writing. So that was kind of the imagined scenario. However, just before I got the book deal, my wife and I became parents for the first time. We had a lockdown in the country uh, because both sides of our parents live outside of the UK. We had no family around. And we, we couldn't have access to a childminder because no one was allowed to come into our homes. And so the reality was very different. It was just my wife and I raising our daughter. And so that idea of hours of writing went completely out of the window. And so my schedule, in effect, it became my child's schedule. So whenever she would sleep, I would get my laptop out and I would start typing. And whenever she would wake up, I would help my wife in giving attention to our daughter. Mm. 
And so that was very tough. I, I'm not going to lie, it was very tough. And in order for me to finish the book, because once you have a contract with a publisher, you have deadlines hmm. because they're paying you in advance. And so you have to meet some certain deadlines. My wife was very supportive in stepping back a little bit from her business in order to give me the time to write the book. And I'm not going to lie, it has been one of the most challenging experiences of my life. Uh, but I've learned so much in that journey. You know, every pocket of time I had, I would bring out the laptop and I would get writing. And so my schedule was constantly fluid until, until our daughter hit 14, 15 months because then she could attend nursery when the mm. nurseries reopened. And mm. so once she attended nursery, suddenly I had all of this time that I could use to finish off the rest of the book. And now from that experience, the biggest lesson for me is actually now that I've got children, my productivity has increased even further because when I know that our daughter is only in nursery for a fixed number of hours, I know that is the only time I have to get yeah. work done because once she's at home, she demands our full attention. Yeah, I know this. <laughs> it's why when I'm recording podcasts at home, I need to lock the door because she will come in and, and, and have fun with us. <laughs> awesome. So from, from, from the topics perspective, so, What was the title of the book and how you want to approach the book already uh, in your mind when you have been thinking about writing a book? Or was that something that also came over time where you said, I want to cover this main things and 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 I want to express that in a, in a certain way. Let's have a look what comes out. Or was it already structured before? How was that? Sure. So it, it sort of came up during the conversation with the with the publisher because you know as i said earlier i i didn't plan to write the book i it wasn't on my top priorities and then suddenly i'm in conversations with the publisher and so it was only at that point that i began to think about if everyone was going to read my first book what do what do i want it to be about And that's when I started brainstorming ideas. And one of the experiences and reflections that geared me towards the sort of idea of energy was not just my personal experience, but it was also the reactions I got. Every time I came down from stage speaking at a public conference, I would have audience members coming up to me at the end and saying, Simon, If only I had a small percentage of your energy, I could go out there and accomplish so much. And that got me thinking, hmm. what gives me energy? What allows me to show up, whether it's a talk or an event or a client, with the energy that I've got? And so the first title I put together for the concept of the book was Energy is Everything. Energy is everything. 
Because it is. I mean, energy introduces us before we even speak. It's a language that has no words, yet we can feel it. We can resonate with other people's energy. And as I started to write, that title shifted from energy is everything to energize, which for me is the verb of taking action to address our energy. How do we energize ourselves? What would life look like if we were living a supercharged life and we were embodying characteristics of energizers, not drainers? Because imagine a team or an organization in which every single person from the most junior to the most senior were embracing these sort of energizer characteristics. That for me would be incredible. And so that's part of the thinking I had when I came up with the title for the book. So if, if we look forward into people reading it in the future, what, what is the benefit and what is the situation you recommend people to read the book? Well, I'll start with the benefit and then the situation. So the real benefit is, number one, to be inspired to live more intentionally. Because so many of us are living on autopilot. We're allowing life to happen to us rather than for us. And so once we start to live with intention and responsibility, we're able to shift reality into our favor. So that's the first benefit, is really to be inspired to live more intentionally. Second is to make an impact in the world, because that is what brings meaning to our life. Our values determined by how much more we have given to the world than we have taken from it. So as part of that, the purpose of the book is hold up to you a mirror of where you are at right now. Honestly, where are you right now? Are you where you would like to be? Are you doing something that actually you hate? Are you doing something that goes against your values? Then if so, follow the exercises, activities, and insights in the book. And hopefully that will, as it did for me when I started my journey, it will open up the path to you seeing your hero potential and what you can accomplish as you begin to fulfill your potential. The third is simply to live with more energy. Because when we live with more energy, we have the ability to focus our attention on what matters most. In fact, when you understand what your purpose is, you awaken your greatest source of energy. Productivity becomes easy, effortless. When you know exactly what it is you are meant to do and clarity on what would make an incredible year for you ahead of time. When you've got clarity on those things, productivity flows a lot easier. Yeah. In terms of situation, I think it's when people are going through a period when they are feeling tired, exhausted, lost, confused, needing a bit of direction, as many of us do at some points in our life, I think that is when the book will be most useful. When you are experiencing some of those symptoms, to be able to pause, to dive into a book like this, and to help deepen your awareness of where you are, but also where you can be. Because too many of us are living in the past, worried about what if, what if I did this, what if I did that, what if this event didn't happen? We can't go back and change what happened. But what we can do is we can change where our trajectory will be tomorrow. 
Yeah. Love that. So did, did you write that in a story format or did you write that more as a, or, or maybe a combination as a kind of guide, which, Hey, these are the different steps that help you to get there. Or, or is it more story just for the, oh, so the readers? It's uh, it's a bit of both really. Um, mm. So what I mean by that is within the book, I share a lot about my personal story, mm. uh, stories of my clients, stories from uh, other case studies, but I also embed into that activities that have worked well for me in, in my journey uh, and also certain frameworks and steps that readers can apply in their own lives. Uh, but the reason I wanted to include story is because I am a big fan of storytelling. In fact, one of my ideas, Jens, if I do get the opportunity to write a second book, mm. one of my ideas is to write it in the form of a parable. But I wanted to write the first book in a way in which there are some practical things, some tools, resources, ideas that people could apply immediately. And so that's mm. why I wanted to blend the two styles so people can have an emotional connection to why it is important to address these areas, but also have some pointers or direction on how they can sit down right now and start making those changes. Yeah. I love books like this because one thing is you get the, the connection where you think, yeah, I'm, I feel like that as well. This is exactly how it is. And, but how do I solve this? How do I solve this? And mm. some books don't answer that, but I love that, that you incorporate that straight away. So it's like, okay, mm. this is a possibility how I can do it. Definitely. Definitely. So, Anything else that we have missed from a book which we should mention? <laughs> well, w one thing I can say is, and this is just sort of a mini preview, I guess, of, of how the book is laid out. So I lay out the mm. book into four parts. And, and there's a reason because I want to take you, the reader, along the journey of how to go from exhausted to energized. Um, and so the first part of the book is simply called Awaken. The second part is called Rewire. The third is called Protect. And the fourth is called Supercharge. Now, the reason the first part is called Awaken is because that was my backstory. It was how do we as humans awaken our greatest sources of energy, both from a theoretical but also a practical perspective. Now, once we've got this energy, which most of us, for most of us, it comes first in the physical form, The second is, well, how do we then rewire our energetic state up here so we can then bend and shape reality in our favor? Because that is possible. You, you know, there's no one reality that we're living in. We're living in our own customized realities. The way you interpret an event would be very different to the way I do. But that also means that we have the ability to choose a different thought at any moment. And what we bring into our thinking we bring into our reality. Now, when we rewire our energetic state, we can begin creating, if you will, for, I'm trying to think of the best word here, but we can begin creating almost acts of alchemy where we mm. can almost bend reality. We can design our experience in whatever way, shape or form we want. And then the third part of the book is that protect. And this is something many neglect. Once you have the energy, you've got to be careful not to just leak it away. How do I protect my energy through boundaries, through environment optimization, to ensure that I keep a sustainable level of energy for the very things that will help move me forward? 
And then the last part is supercharged. And those are just some collection of ideas on and insights that can keep you supercharged throughout your life. Nice. So where, where can people um, look out for the book? When, when does it come out? Sure. So the book is launched on April 21st. And you can go on to amazon.co.uk now uh, to pre-order a copy of the book. I will be recording in the studio next month the audio version. So if you prefer to listen to your books in an audio format, then that will also be available on launch day. Awesome. So I will, I will put the link to the Amazon um, bookstore in as well so people can straight away pre-order already and i will do it i promise <laughs> definitely and a reminder to listeners if you do pre-order or you order if you're listening to this once the podcast episode is out uh do make sure to tag me on my social media my handle on instagram and twitter is at simon alexander o so do make sure to tag me if you do order a copy of energize because i would love to reshare it with my network and also send you a personal note of thanks. That's awesome. I will put the links to your socials in as well so people can reach out to you. Mm -hmm. So transitioning to the last part of the podcast where I always ask a couple of questions to every guest until now. So question number one is, if you could work with a project um, or lead a project that's impacting every human being on earth, What project would you work with and why? For me, if I were to work on any project right now, uh, it would probably be a TV project that is on a streaming channel such as Netflix or Amazon or Apple. And here's why. Because nearly all of us on the planet in every major city now access our content via one of these streaming platforms, at least one of these streaming platforms. And so putting out some of my work and my insights on this platform will allow me to touch the lives of humans at scale at a far quicker route than I am at the moment. So that would be a project. If I could take on a project, an ideal project, uh, that would be it that would help impact the lives of many more humans at scale. Nice. How do you stay up to date and, and, and keep in touch with what's new on the topics that interest you? For me, it's about, it's about being smart with, with how we use our inputs because when we talk about staying up to date with the topics and things that interest us, it can get very noisy. Because there is just so much on our news feeds. And then you have people recommending you books to read or articles to read. And so all of that can quickly pile up. So for me, it's about being smart. And just to give an example of how I'm smart with how I manage my inputs. On Twitter, there is a feature called lists. And so what I do is I segment the people I follow uh, into certain lists. So that allows me to go into Twitter and look at only specific lists at given points in time to get a more filtered version of what I'm looking for. And then in terms of news, well, I don't have time to watch any news given the work I do and the projects I'm involved in. So 
for me, it's a great conversation starter where I can get some news and keep up to date with what's going on. I can just ask people, you know, what exciting things are you working on at the moment? Uh, what sort of things that are going on in the world that are catching your attention? And not only does it make for a great conversation, but it helps me to keep abreast of what is going on. And then it is also being part of some great groups uh, where people are sharing what's going on in their world and I can sort of catch up with things that resonate with me. So I think it's about being smart with how we manage our environment of inputs. If we look ahead one year from now, what, how will the world has, or how has the change, world changed for you and, and what's going to happen within the next year for you? What do you believe? Well, my hope, Jens, uh, is if I look ahead a year from now, uh, is number one, I can actually go holiday around the world with my family without restrictions. So that's, that's the sort of personal hope. Uh, from a professional perspective, the hope is that my book will have had an impact uh, with the audience that I'm targeting. And as a result, I will be able to speak more internationally as the world opens up and share more of my messages with different audiences, but then also to begin working on book number two. So that's sort of my hope that in a year's time, on a personal level, I can start exploring the world again, because I find I learned so much from different cultures and, and, and different cities and places across the planet. And, and then second, it's just to be able to have more opportunity to spread the insights from the book to wider audiences, whatever that medium may be. Yeah, beautiful. Simon, thank you very much for have been joining me here on, on, on the show. It was a pleasure. I'm looking forward to read your book. Definitely. It's going in, into the pre-order the next days. Thank you very thank much you for very being much, on the show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if there's anything I can leave the audience to think about, uh, it is this. You know, when I became a father for the first time, the moment I held uh, my daughter Sienna in my arms uh, as she came out of my, as she came out, came out of my wife, I was reminded of something that we as humans forget very quickly, which is we are a miracle. You know, to see a miracle happen in your arms reminds you of the fact that the gift of being born into this world and experiencing life in all of its colors mm -hmm. is a gift many will never get to experience. But the fact is we are experiencing it right now. We have won the greatest lottery there is going, the lottery of life. And the question for you, the question for us that we need to be reminded of is, what are we going to do with that winning ticket? Love it. Simon, thank you very much. Pleasure, Jens. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You will find the links and resources in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support the podcast, the most impactful thing you can do is subscribing to the show on any of the podcasting platforms and give me a review. This will help me to reach more innovators around the world and bring some of you into the show. If you have any questions to the guest or want to engage with me, feel free to reach out to me on social media and contact me there.